Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today we're talking contract administration, and this episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. Let's get started. Government contracting can be difficult, even when we're doing it right. There's a lot of work that goes into winning a government contract. Many of our episodes and the entire acquisition time zones are, are about winning the work. However, <laughs> performing the work is just as critical. Um, in, in some ways, it's it's more critical. I mean, it was kind of the point of the acquisition in the first place. Right. The, the problem is that managing a contract isn't as exciting or, or stressful or or depending how you see it, it's not as exciting as winning one. Delivering supplies and services and managing the contract is about maintaining. Administration, in quotes, it's not an exciting word to us because I'm I'm more focused on the acquisition time zones. But to others, it is. Exciting words like growth, expansion, transformation, that's what people are used to. But this is about administering the contracts. It really depends on your point of view. And before we get deep into that point of view, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Philip Ramirez. Philip is a contracting officer at the U.S. Forest Service. He's in Fort Collins, Colorado. I want to thank Philip for liking and sharing our podcast episodes. One of the best ways for people to find our podcast is organically. When people like Philip share it with their connections, that's how they find it organically. So thank you, Philip, for helping more people find our podcast. Thanks, Philip. What are we talking about here? Delivering on your contract. Our customers, as well as podcast listeners, have asked for more help managing their contracts after award. And in our speak, that's contract administration. In our speak, that's during the execution time zones. Far speak, our speak. I like that. Contract administration, like you said, it might not sound exciting, but it's important enough to have a whole part of the FAR all to itself. And that's FAR part 42. Right. A contract administration, it's about delivery. I mean, the point of the contract is to connect someone with a need to someone who can fulfill that need. It goes hand in hand with, with project management because we're talking about things like cost, schedule, performance. That Those are the elements of contract management. Remember, the, the point of awarding the contract is to deliver something. That's why contract administration is so important. You got to deliver something. So like you said, project management is about delivering that something and contract administration is about delivering it in accordance with the contract because you could deliver something and still not get credit for, and still not get credit for doing it according to your, to your contract, right? There, there's a time that it has to be delivered by, there's a way it has to be delivered. And if you want to get paid, that's another story. Yeah. It's important. Make sure you get paid. All All parts of the government acquisition machine care about, about contract management and, and on the, on the industry side, it's also, it's not just the contracts people. Remember the delivery was the whole point of the acquisition. So we talked about the three deciders. We talked about the three deciders in episode number 118 and all three deciders care about delivery. So just to give you a refresher on the three deciders, there's the economic decider. That's the person that, or the organization, the group that has the money. The economic decider has the money. The customer has the need. That's the person that wants the thing the contract is going to deliver. And then the contracting officer has the authority to get the deal done. 
So those three deciders, economic decider, customer, and contracting officer. And effective contract management is important to all three of them. For example, the economic decider, they care about appropriate allocation of the funds to meet a need. They want to make sure the need that they gave the money to the customer to, to meet is actually getting met. Are there funds being expended to meet that need? We, we talked about the stages of money, making sure that money has actually been obligated and expended in episode number 262. Yeah, the economic decider doesn't care so much about what the need is or what's going to be done once it's delivered, but they care about the money that was appropriated and authorized for that need getting spent on that need. The customer, they care about the mission. They want their stuff. Remember, that they, they, they care about getting their problem solved. The contract exists to solve their problem. So the acquisition process, those first four time zones, for them, to some extent, they're a means to an end. I would argue that the customer endures the acquisition time zones in order to get their stuff in the execution time zones. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. They, they, to the the customer at the end of of the of the process, where, when when the final delivery happens, and you know they can finally use the 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 fancy new hats that you bought them, whatever it is. <laughs> they they're not happy about all of the competition and everything else that that the uh, that the system mandates in order to buy things. Uh, maybe for hats, it's, it's a lot faster, but, but for major systems, it takes a long time. And that's where the tension comes with the contracting officer who is tasked with the administration. Like we've talked many times, the administration of the acquisition process on the acquisition time zone side. And then once a contract is in place, the contracting officer is tasked with administration in the execution time zones. So much so that sometimes there is a specific contracting officer called an administrative contracting officer, an ACO, that doesn't touch the acquisition time zones. When the contract's awarded, it's handed off to the ACO. And that's a different skill set. Not every type of acquisition has an ACO. If we think about Shelly Hall, uh, one of our Skyway team members, she, she really thrives in that small purchase world where there's lots of administration, but not on the level where you need an ACO to administer a single contract, right? Shelly administered dozens at the same time. And that's a different experience than we had early in our careers with the Air Force, where if you're buying aircraft and the manufacturer has a giant plant up factory where they build them, we had administrative contracting officers that lived in the plant. And once we awarded a contract, they really ran the contract day to day. If there are big changes to the contract, if you wanted to buy more aircraft or change the aircraft, we would step in again. But day-to-day, ACO in the plant works it. It's the contracting officer's responsibility to make sure that the contract doesn't get in the way of delivering what's going, what, what's needed to be delivered. And the more that contractors, that industry, know about the processes of administering a contract, the better it usually goes. Yeah, contracting officers want a low-maintenance contractor. And one of the best ways to be a low-maintenance contractor is know what the contract administration process requires. Yeah. And unfortunately for small businesses, the contracts manager is not the first person they usually hire when they're looking for back office support. It's usually accounting or HR or something like that. And it, it, in my experience, it usually takes a stumble or two before they say, wow, we really need somebody full-time to, to work on uh, contract administration for us. 
You know, one, one of our new customers is in that spot where he's the contract administrator in a company that's got like 80 employees and they didn't have a contracts manager until him. Yeah. And he said, wow, there's a lot of stuff being done manually and things. So yeah, it's, it's, you can walk into a, a mess and not know it. Fortunately, they probably should have hired him a little bit earlier, but it's not too late for, to fix a lot of stuff because most of their work is subcontracts. It's not an issue yet, but it's about to be. So you're, but you're right. It's not the first person you hire. I know we've said this a bunch of times, but just to be clear, if we're talking acquisition time zones and execution time zones, contract administration resides solely on the execution time zone uh, side of the divide. So as contract is awarded, administration begins, and it ends when the contract is closed out. So straight through the execution time zones. And if you're not familiar with the execution time zones, we cover those in episode number 84. All right, specifically on the government side, I think you've said that Probably 10, maybe 12 times. I'm not going to go back and count, but just in this podcast, you've said delivery is the whole point of the contract. Contract administration functions abound in the FAR. In fact, FAR 42302, which is inside that FAR part you mentioned before, lists over 70 tasks that account for contract administration. Yeah, and There's that's a lot going on. And that's just, yeah, that, that's just the ones that, they, they feel are important enough to, to list out in the FAR as things that need to be done, right? That's, that's, that doesn't even scratch the surface of all the things that actually need to be done to uh, administer a contract. However, contract administration is a two-way street, okay? All, all contracts need to be maintained from both sides because when the contract's not working, the contracting officer or, or maybe the contract administrator is the first person to get a phone call. So they're managing it from the government side. And then when they get a call about, hey, something's not working, who are they going to call? They're looking for that contract manager on the other side. Yeah. Here's the problem. The definition of the contract's not working, in quotes, that's in the eye of the beholder. It may be they don't know what's happening. It may be that, that something obvious like not getting paid, or it could just be a, a lack of communication on people don't know where to look in the contract for things. But that definition of not working, going back to your point, Paul, if there's stuff that's not listed in the FAR, I got all kinds of questions that weren't listed in those 70 things, but they're part of managing the contract. Yeah, we, we just did an episode about options in, in contracts. And this is one of the simple things where if you don't understand that the contract says there's an option and it has to be exercised during this period, <laughs> you may not get to deliver, or if, if you're buying it as the government, you may not get to receive everything that you expected from the contract just because you didn't understand one simple little clause, uh, one sentence even in the contract. Yeah. Remember, contract administration is how we confirm clear expectations between both sides. I mean, it's all about communication, really. It, it, communication from the start. And you and Shelly did an episode, uh, episode 349 recently, about the importance of a post-award conference. That's a great place to start these conversations about contract administration is during that post award conference. Yep. Make those introductions, know who to call. On the industry side, back to delivery, there's enough risk to delivery, to delivering on your supplies or services that you're supposed to, that the contract calls for. There's enough risk there without adding to the risk by not understanding your contract. Yeah, well said. The upside of managing the details on your contract, it may not be immediate. Or, or, or even a parent, honestly. But the consequences of not managing those can be dire, to your point about an option exercise. Or it could be something even more critical, like something's not delivered on time that causes a cascading event 
where the rest of the things can't be delivered on time because somebody didn't know what where section F was, which is where the delivery schedule is. Right. If if you have to have something delivered by a certain time because it's got to be on a on a boat that's heading somewhere, and that boat leaves, well, it doesn't get to the users when it's supposed to, or you have to spend a lot more money that's probably on your dime to get it where it, it needs to end up on time, right? So know what you need to deliver, know when you need to l- deliver it, know how you need to deliver it in order to get paid. And also know how to get paid, right? It's, 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 it's not just email an invoice to a contracts person or to your COTAR, your contracting officer's technical representative, or to your user. Maybe in some circumstances, emailing an invoice works, but in most government contracting, there's some kind of portal now that you have to log into, you have to have a login to, you have to know how to use it in order to submit an invoice. And you may type the information into the portal, you may upload a document to that. Do you need backup data? Do you need supporting data for your invoice? Do you need an official government form? If you're in the Department of Defense, you might have to submit a DD Form 250 or uh, what is it, Standard Form SF 1149 in order to. Maybe to, showing off. <laughs> just make it up numbers. <laughs> you may have to submit a form with your invoice in order to get paid. If you don't know these things, it could delay payment by weeks or even months while you figure it out. So learn up front how to submit that invoice so that you can get paid for all your efforts as quickly as possible. The good news is that these processes tend to be somewhat standardized across an agency. Right. So if you have this DOD customer and that DOD customer, once you get that payment system working, it's pretty standard, which by the way, isn't the case when you're dealing with companies in the private sector and they're vastly different between company A and company B. So yeah, it's maddening. It seems maddening, but it's because the government is trying to standardize a lot of these contract administration functions. Yeah. yeah. Once you figure it out, it's it's generally repeatable. And you got to remember industry, poor contract administration habits on your side make things more complicated for your customers. You don't want to be uh, one of those contractors, you know, one, one that the contracting officer doesn't want to award the next contract to because it was such a pain in the butt to deal with you last time because you couldn't get things straight. Just talking about invoices, right? If the contracting officer, if every month you submit an invoice and it takes a couple hours of, of pushing buttons because they got to reject it, then get it back and then reject yep. it again. And that, like, that might not end up on your official record, but people remember yeah, they're still people. You're, still, you're creating work for them. And we talked about the benefits of, of keeping up with the contract admin processes in that episode we did on flossing your contract. Uh, that was uh, episode 272. Steve Lucianetti, one of our former contracting officers on the Skyway team, uh, he's a retired Navy CO. In fact, he was on podcast, recent episode with you, episode 321. And then he did one called, Is This Worth Fighting For? <laughs> episode 173 a while ago. And the lessons he shares in a lot of our training are how relationships matter in government contracting. We talk about that a lot. But to him, they matter more after contract award. When you're competing the contracts before award, he said that you need someone to be able to do the work. So when we're going through the acquisition time zones, we need some, someone who's going to win the work. But after award, we know who that someone is. And he, he made the point in one of our training sessions that you need that one contractor to succeed. Because you've committed to them, just like they've committed to you, right? And in order to do his job as a contracting officer, he needs that contractor to succeed in delivering on their contract. And when you look at contract admin that way, it gets a lot more exciting because it 
it really counts. These relationships count post-award. That's a really good point. I'm going to wrap this episode up with some, some best practices for administration. First, read your contract. <laughs> Keep a conformed copy of the contract if you can. And by conformed, we mean an up-to-date version that includes all the changes that have occurred since the initial award. So you look at the contract and it has got all of the modifications incorporated right into it. So you're only seeing the actual, not what used to be, right? The government folks probably have a software tool that automatically does this. That can be very difficult for contractors, especially if you just receive a a PDF file with, with the modifications. And especially again, if you don't have dedicated contract staff, right? Taking the time to, to put together the conformed contract can be quite a burden. So at a minimum industry, keep a log of all your contract changes that makes the current status easy to understand. If you have a sophisticated accounting system, it probably captures or has fields where you can capture a lot of contract details. Use it. If not, a simple spreadsheet is enough. Once your contract builds up eight or 10 modifications, if it's a long-term contract, you don't want to have to go through and try to figure out which one is true, which one hasn't been changed yet, right? So, so keep a log. Second, know your contract type and manage the work that way. Know what needs to be delivered and when, or what labor categories are authorized and how many hours per labor category, if it's one of those type of contracts that, that requires you to deliver and bill that way. And we mentioned options before. Understand whether there's options for more delivers or work and when they have to be exercised in order to be valid. Lastly, make sure you understand the CLIN structure, the value for each CLIN, and the funding for each CLIN, which we've talked about many times, can be different. You have to invoice in accordance with your contract. So you probably have to invoice by line item, by CLIN, or by sub-CLIN. You may have to include attachments, forms through a portal. Understand that right up front. That's a great thing to discuss during the post-award conference. That's exactly why you want to have a post-award conference or a contract kickoff, is to make sure both sides understand those little details of how we're going to be successful. And again, contract administration in support of being successful means making sure that the contract doesn't get in the way of industry delivering what the user needs. And with that, I'll talk to you later. All right, I'll see you, Paul. That's it for today's episode. When you need help seeing through the haze of contract administration issues, Skyway's team of former contracting officers is here to help with custom consulting and training. Visit skywayacq.com or give us a call at 877-884-5280. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.